as a time of anointing, as we have the presence of the Lord in our midst. Let's invoke the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit may anoint us, the Holy Spirit may inspire us, and the Holy Spirit may allow us that the word that is going to be proclaimed today may take root in our hearts and change our lives. So I invite you to say this prayer after me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit. All things are created and it shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to listen to your word. Touch and transform our lives and make us your very own. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read for you a passage from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. This evening, I'm here to reflect with you on the fundamental calling to holiness. And I'm going to base my reflections on one of the most profound apostolic exhortations of Pope Francis. Now, Pope Francis has a great love for St. Joseph, and he, he tries to bring important documents on the Feast of St. Joseph. And on the 19th of March this year, again, Pope Francis brought out a beautiful apostolic exhortation. It is called Gaudete et Exultate. Rejoice and be glad. I mean, you just heard that in today's gospel passage. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Gaudete et Exultate. 
Rejoice and be glad. What are you called to rejoice and be glad? Rejoice and be glad because God has called you to be saints. Wow. The Holy Father is saying to each one of us, Rejoice and be glad because God has called you to be saints. Now, being saints is not the privilege for the few. It is the vocation of all. Did you get that? Being a saint is not the privilege for the few, but it is the vocation of all. Very often when we sit in the church, we sit in the church and we look up to the altar Wow, those are the people who are called to be saints as though we are called to be somebody else. Every one of us, every one of us is called to be saints. It is not the monopoly of the few, all right? It's not just the priests or the religious or the consecrated people who are called to be saints. Every one of us. What does Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 beautifully says? That even before the foundation of the world, even before the foundation of the world, God chose us in Christ. For what? To be holy and blameless before God. Every one of us, even before the foundation of the world, we were called for two purposes. To be holy and blameless before God. So don't sit there and tell me, Father, holiness is not for us. Holiness is just for a privileged class in the church. No. Every one of us, it is our fundamental calling. By virtue of our baptism, every one of us is called to holiness. Every one of us is called to be saints. Amen? You may not go through the process of being canonized. Your names may not even feature in the ordo that we have for each day, of, of the saints that we have for each day. There may not be a memorial mass in your honor. Nevertheless, you are called to be saints. There may not be a devil's advocate to scrutinize your life and to see whether you are eligible to be saints or not. And that's what uh, every saint who's been named as a saint goes through. There's a process. There's an advocate for him and there's an advocate against the names that are being proposed. You may not even go through that process. But nevertheless, you are a saint. I mean, just look at our lives. Pope Francis says, what is it to be a saint? To be a saint means just being true to yourself. To be a saint means just being true to yourself. And what is this being true to yourself? That each one of us is created in the image and likeness of God. In other words, when the Holy Father says holiness or to be saint means to be true to yourself, means to be true to the image in whose image you are created. 
In other words, you're called to be imago deis. You're called to be walking images of God. We just sang that hymn, we enter into the holy of holies because the God we worship is a God who is holy. When Isaiah had a vision of God, this is what happened. He saw hosts of angels and saints all clothed and robed in white. And there is the holy of holies seated on the throne, bright and shining and everyone bowing before him and worshiping this great God. And all that they were saying to him was this, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God most high. That's the song of the angels. When you join the hosts of angels and saints, when you are in that number, you'll be just singing one song and prepare yourself for that from here on. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God most high. Forget about all the other praise and worship songs because when you go up there, you'll be just singing one hymn there for the rest of your eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God most high. And every one of us is called to be a reflection of that holiness. So when Pope Francis says to be a saint means to be true to yourself. I mean, none of us are perfect human beings. We have our own vulnerabilities. We have our own weaknesses. But be true to yourself. And in your vulnerabilities and in your weaknesses, you will encounter God. Weaknesses and vulnerabilities are moments of encounter with God. And that's why St. Paul says, I rejoice in my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, he makes me strong. For his grace is sufficient. But when I'm weak, he makes me strong. So rejoice and be glad for your share of weaknesses. Rejoice and be glad for your share of vulnerabilities. You may be sitting there and say, Father, how can I be a saint? I have all these weaknesses in me. But when you're true to your vulnerabilities, and when you come face to face with your weaknesses, these are moments of encounter with God. These are moments where you can truly say to yourself, Lord, I need thee. I need thee every moment. And with God, all things are possible. So in the document, which was released on the Feast of St. Joseph, Pope Francis beautifully defines that each saint is a mission. Every saint that we have in the church is a mission planned by the Father to reflect and embody an aspect of the gospel in order to respond to a particular situation in the history of time. Every saint is a mission planned by God the Father. Like I said, God chose you even before the foundation of the world. Every saint is a mission planned by God the Father to reflect and embody an aspect of the gospel. None of us can embody and reflect the entire gospel. It's not possible. All right? I read for you the eight Beatitudes. It's not possible for all of us to live the eight Beatitudes for the rest of our lives. For some, we could be living one aspect of the Beatitudes. Others can be living another aspect of the Beatitudes. 
we can never fully embody and reflect. But each saint embodies and reflects a particular aspect of the gospel. Why? Because he's, he or she is responding to a particular situation in the church. Now, what do I mean? Now, let's take an example of Mother Teresa. We all lived at a time when we saw her live and do such wonderful works. She reflected and embodied a very particular aspect of the gospel, which was charity. Why? Because she was responding to a particular situation in the church. She saw people lying in the gutter. She saw the dying and the destitute left and abandoned, and she felt called to reach out to them. So she had a particular mission, and she reflected a particular aspect of the gospel that responds to that mission. And that's why Mother Teresa's motto is, whatsoever I do to the least of my brothers and sisters, I do it unto, me, uh, unto the Lord. So she never reflected the whole gospel, but she just took one aspect of the gospel and she lived it to perfection for the rest of her life. And so, my dear friends, you and I may be living one aspect of the gospel, but if we can live that to perfection, you are already a saint with a mission. When you have a mission for your life, holiness becomes possible. Do you have your mission? Do you see your life as a mission? When you begin to see your life as a mission, holiness already unfolds. You're already on your path to becoming a saint. Who is a saint? Saints are ordinary people like you and me who did ordinary things in an extraordinary way. And that's what made them saints. And that's what brought them, set them apart. And it's possible. It's possible for you and me to be saints if we rely on the grace and mercy of God. If you are true to yourself. And every day that we have in our lifetime is an opportunity to grow in that holiness, to become more and more like God, in whose image and likeness we are created. So when I say a saint is true to his, his very nature, his self, is true to the image in whose image he's created, in other words, we are called to be reflections of God's image, imago Dei, everyone walking images of God, reflections of God's holiness, because our God is a God who is holy, who is beautiful and perfect. So, in, in this apostolic exhortation, Pope Francis talks about two heresies of the church. In the Middle Ages, the church was faced with two heresies. One was Gnosticism, and the other one was Pelagianism. Okay, so I'm just going to explain to you what these two heresies are, uh, where, and, and somehow these heresies have come back again um, in our times. Now, Gnosticism are people who relied on wisdom or who relied on knowledge, and they said knowledge was good enough, and knowledge is the most important thing. So likewise, in today's world, many people think that they know everything. They have the answer for everything. And so, they are so full of themselves. And we are so full of yourself, you never see a very bigger picture. You never see that there's someone greater than you. 
you never fully understand that there's someone who knows more than you. All right? So a lot of people today become skeptics because of Gnosticism. They want to question. They want to doubt. They think they know everything. They think they have the answer for every, every problem in the world. We don't. And that's why holiness is being true to yourself. Just be humble and say, I don't know. All right? This is the biggest heresy of the past, and, and this is some way manifesting itself in today's world. And the Gnostics somehow deny the very existence of God. For them, their intel intelligence is good enough to get them through this world. The other is Pelagianism. Now, what is Pelagianism? Pelagianism is, again, depending on one's own strength. I can do it on my own. I don't need the grace of God. All right? I can make it on my own. I don't need the grace of God. I said, when you are true to yourself, you become aware of your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses, and your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities are moments of encounter with God. But these people who believe in Pelagianism, they think they can do it on their own. They don't need God. They don't need the grace of God. But we all know how much we need the grace of God. And we do have people who feel that they don't need the grace of God. Pelagianism robs us of the opportunity to be humble, all right? And we see Pelagianism in today's New Age movements. What is New Age movements? You have it in you to discover and to know yourself. You don't need a higher power. You are power. You are God. You are everything, all right? So these are manifestations of Pelagianism today. So we need to grow over these heresies of Gnosticism and Pelagianism in order to go on that path to holiness, to discover who we are called to be. And Pope Francis goes on to say, you can be holy and you can be saints in simple ways, not in extraordinary ways. Every time you don't judge people, Every time you don't condemn, every time you don't gossip, you are on your path to holiness. That's what holiness means. In simple terms for Pope Francis, how does he define holiness? How does he define what is it to be a saint? Saint or holiness is someone who sees and acts with mercy. That's, not, that's what holiness is. That's what to be a saint means to see and act with mercy. If you can do that for the rest of your life, you are already a walking saint. You are already a reflection because our God is a God of mercy, a God who is rich and abounding in mercy. All right? So holiness has its manifestation. When you see and do things with mercy, you are already holy. Isn't that amazing? All right? So God is not asking you to climb Mount Everest to be a saint or, you know, holiness is not such a tedious task. It's easy to be holy. If only we put the effort and if only if we have the heart to work at it every day and to be conscious of it, you are already on your path to holiness. Five visible signs of holiness today. 
from the apostolic exaltation, gaudete et exultate, rejoice and be glad, for God has called you to be saints. The first visible signs of holiness in today's world is perseverance, patience, and meekness. Perseverance, patience, and meekness. We've got to pray for this. Great saints had this, and this was their forte. Perseverance, patience, and holiness. They persevered. They never gave up. You know, one day you feel all great and you feel high. Okay, I'm going to live a life of holiness today. And the next day you feel down and out. Okay, I'm going to give up. No. You got to persevere. Don't just give up so easily. You got to work at it. Be patient with yourself. All right? Don't come hard on yourself. When you're patient and when you persevere with meekness, you are on your road to holiness. Perseverance, patience, and meekness. Now let's look at these great saints. They had it all. Um, Mother Teresa, there's a story told about her. When she started off her beautiful work of mission, she was running the center for the orphans, for the dying and the destitute, and these were early days, and she didn't have much of fund or resources. She was literally struggling and begging to, to, uh, to ensure that her center runs. So on one such occasion, her children, the orphan children, were all hungry, and they had no food. And she, she went to the stores, um, uh, this provision stores of a Hindu, run by a Hindu man. She went over to him. She stretched out her hand, and she begged, give, give my children some rice. They are hungry, and they are dying. This Hindu man had such, um, such anger against her. He just spat into her hands, all right, as does to say, you know, this is... This is what I can give you. So Mother Teresa just took her hand back and she wiped the spittle and in a sari and she stretched out her hand again and she said to him, well, that was for me. Give something for my hungry children. And this guy was, how can someone even respond like that? So taken aback by her spontaneous response he ensured that the bag of rice was sent for the rest of his lifetime. I mean, this was patience, perseverance, and above all, meekness, humility. And Mother Teresa was an, was an, was an embodiment of, of meekness and humility. I mean, we can see this in great saints. And we need to grow in that holiness, perseverance, patience, and meekness. The second beautiful and visible sign of holiness is joy and humor. Every saint were joyful people. They had a great sense of humor. They're not people with long faces. You will never see an unhappy saint or a grumpy saint. It's so unfortunate that when I look at Christians, when I go to celebrate Mass, I look at the congregation, and some of them are looking so downcast, and, and some of them come with such grumpy faces, such long, sad faces. I know we all have problems. We're not coming to worship a dead God. We are coming to worship a living God. Let's look like people who are alive. 
Let's look like people who are joyful. What does the Bible say? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Rejoice and be glad. And again I say rejoice. We are called to be joyful people. There are no grumpy faces in this Christian life. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. Only the Lord can turn our mourning into dancing and our sorrows into joy. Have you come to worship a God of joy and humor? And every saint are those with joy and humor. You'll never see an unhappy saint. You'll never see a grumpy saint. Saints radiate the joy and the glory of God. So don't walk with such long faces. Even in the midst of all the struggles and turmoils that you go through, tell the world you have reasons to be joyful because the God you worship is a God of joy. And He, and the joy of the Lord, is my strength. Amen? All right. Philip Neri was a very humorous saint. Um, St. Lawrence, the deacon. There's a very interesting story about St. Lawrence. We all know how Lawrence died. He was martyred by being cooked uh, on an oven, all right? So when he was being cooked on the oven, he said to the guards around him, you know what, I'm already cooked on one side, just turn me over. I mean, guys, who could ever say that? Look at the, the sense of humor Lawrence had even at the moment of death. In the moment of pain, he could just turn around and have a sense of humor with the guards around. You know what? I'm already cooked on one side. Just turn me over. I mean, these are saints. They had reasons to be joyful. They went gladly to give their lives for Christ. They were not crying. They were not grumbling or complaining. Oh, my God, I have to go and die for Christ. They went joyfully. They went joyfully to lay down their lives for Christ. Joy is the greatest sign of holiness to be saints. Thirdly, saints are those who are bold and passionate. They are bold and passionate to profess Christ. They are bold and passionate to be a Christian in today's world. They are proud to be Christians. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed to be a Christian. Don't be embarrassed to be a, a follower of Christ. We are living at a time when people mock at you for being a Christian. They mock at you for standing for values of the gospel. Sometimes I get um, cornered or, or criticized on, on social media when I talk about the stands of the church, on, especially on, on homosexuality or abortion, People are saying, Father, which age are you living? All right? But you've got to be the voice of Christ. In a world of relativism, and Pope Francis, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI called it the dictatorship of relativism. Now, what is relativism? Relativism means that whatever I feel is right is right. If I feel that white thing is black, is black, even though it's white. In other words, relativism means there's no longer an objective truth. It becomes subjective. What I feel is right. And, and that's why in the past we said premarital sex was wrong. But today, it's never seen as wrong. Abortion is not seen as, as wrong. 
Unfortunately, we have a Catholic country, Ireland, that has voted uh, in that way. Um, it's a legalizing abortion. So we are living in, at a time of relativism. We are living at a time where people are afraid to take a stand for what is right. And that's where we should stamp our authority as Christians to be bold and fearless and passionate about the values of the gospel. All right? And that's what saints were. Saints were people who were bold and passionate. They were fearless. I mean, look at Francis Xavier. He left his homeland, came to our country. He did not know the language uh, or the people, but he made sacrifices, proclaimed Christ, went everywhere and baptized so many people. And I think a lot of us owe our Christianity to, to the works of, of Francis Xavier that, that began uh, not just with Thomas the Apostle who came about 2,000 years ago, but, but to a great extent to Francis Xavier who went tirelessly and fearlessly without even fearing for life. He was bold and passionate. He went to islands and then finally to Macau and to China. Here was a saint who was fearless and passionate so we need to be bold and passionate, and this is a great sign of holiness. We are daring witnesses of Christ. Holiness is possible in community. And one such example is this prayer group. I mean, these prayer groups, community that comes together to worship at the Eucharist, are there to assist us in our journey of holiness, are there to nourish us and support us, because Alone we can't do it, but together we can. As prayer partners, in prayer groups, at community that gathers to worship at the Eucharist. And that's why Eucharist is not an individual worship, but it's a community worship. And that's why we call it a holy communion. We commune together. And so we journey together to the path of holiness. All right? Together we can be holy. So the community supports us every time we come together to pray. And that's why the Lord says, wherever there are two or three who are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Every time a community comes together, the Lord is present. The Lord of holiness is present. And you are strengthened to live this life of holiness. We are here to support you. We are here to pray for you. We are here to encourage you. And to say to you, don't give up, persevere, patience and meekness, and you are on the road to holiness. Community helps you in that path of holiness. And lastly, constant prayer. Constant prayer always helps us to grow in holiness. Because in prayer, you come face to face with God. In prayer, your vulnerabilities, your weaknesses encounters the grace of God. In prayer, you find the grace to live this calling. All right? So don't sit there and tell me, Father, we are second-class citizens in God's kingdom. No. We all are called to holiness. All right? My holiness is not greater than yours. Everyone is called to holiness, all right? Is that clear? You may be married, you may be single, you may be working in a marketplace or in a casino, 
I'm not saying you should. But wherever you are, you can radiate the holiness of God. All right? Together, we are called to holiness. And holiness, Pope Francis says, is the most attractive face of the church. Holiness is the most attractive face of the church. Holiness is what brings out the splendor and the beauty of the church. Not ornaments, not the gold that we wear, but the holiness that we exhibit is what makes us beautiful. It's the most attractive face of the church. It's the most attractive face of each one of us. So as we gather today to reflect on the call to holiness, let us pray to God for the grace. Let us firmly believe that holiness is possible. I read for you the Beatitudes. Beatitudes is the portrait of Christ. If you want to see the portrait of Christ, don't look at the picture of Jesus. Read the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is the portrait of Christ. And for some of us, we can live one aspect of the Beatitudes as peacemakers, as poor, as meek, as humble. So let us pray for the grace that we may be true to our calling and through the grace of God that we can be holy by seeing and acting with mercy. So let's close our eyes for a moment. Let's look deep into our lives. Let's look deep into our vulnerabilities and weaknesses and thank God for that. And let us rejoice today for that because our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities is what makes us to be holy because our vulnerabilities and weaknesses are moments of encounter with God where we can rely on the grace of God. It helps us to be humble and meek and to say, Lord, with you, I can do it. But without you, I can do nothing. Give us the grace to be true to our calling, to be holy and blameless. By being faithful to every little things that happens in our day-to-day -day life. And when we do those little things with great joy, we already radiate the holiness and we are already on our path to becoming a saint. We make this prayer to Christ our Lord, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord be with you. Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So on behalf of the group, we want to thank you, Father, so much for that awesome talk. Yeah. Thank you ever so much, Father, for coming and being a blessing to us.